A child of God. Having my hand. Powerful word of God. Can change lives. Heal broken hearts. Save man's soul. Here's our prayer. Lord Jesus, today, speak to me. In Jesus' name, amen. We're doing a study in Sunday school, a video study with Francis Chan called Forgotten God. It's the next one study. I would encourage you to come. We still have a couple weeks left in it, and, and I know you would enjoy it. But I got the rare privilege to hear him in person yesterday at the college. He spoke uh, uh, in a chapel service there at the end of alumni weekend. And, uh, oh, what a, what a refreshing uh, gentleman. Uh, a week from yesterday, he, his wife, and his four children will get on a plane, and they're flying to Asia. They don't know where they're going to live. They don't know what, what they're going to be doing. They just know that God is going to do something with them and in them in Asia. This is a man who's a, a number one bestseller book salesperson. I mean, his books have sold that well. He's a pastor of a mega church here in America which, you know, you're talking several thousand people. And he believes that God, he needs to take more risks in his life. He said the problem with us in America is that we don't take enough risks. He said the people in this book were all risk takers. He quoted, uh, and I was trying to find it to read to you, but it's the story of Caleb. And Caleb, maybe some of you will know where this is. Caleb was 40 years old when Moses commissioned him and the 11 others to go and spy out the land of Canaan. 40 years old. The passage he read to us is that Caleb's telling the story and he says, and now I am 84. And he said, and if I need to take the hill again, I will because God is with us. And I thought, you know what? I hope when I'm 84, I've got that same kind of courage. I've got that same kind of drive and really the essence of it is is that god is taking care of us amen we just got to be faithful and we have to continue to be faithful and we have to press forward in what we do for god but i appreciated francis chan i mean he's actually living out what he's teaching in these books and in these video series he's actually embodying it right in front of us he said that the idea to sell the house they sold their house they have no house here but his wife is the one that came and said, well, if we're going to do this, we need to sell our house. He goes, well, don't you want some place to come back to? She goes, no. No, because we're going wherever God wants us to go. Isn't that awesome? And taking their four kids and off they go. But uh, it's, just, it's just amazing what God can do in people who are willing to submit themselves wholly and totally to the God in every possible way. Finances, relationships, spirit, study, growth. God can do great things through those kind of people. And so I hope that you'll focus on that and focus in that. And so we, we continue our series uh, about hostage. Today uh, we're going to talk about worry. And I know we're not supposed to worry. I understand that. I heard a dear friend say one time, well, God doesn't worry, so I need to for him. <laughs> and that may be how you feel. I'm not sure. But I try not to worry, but sometimes it's really, really hard to not worry. Uh, and I know it's bad to worry because worry is not good for you. It creates a lot of problems in your life. It comes, worry comes from an old German word that means to choke or to strangle. Boy, there's a lot of truth to that, isn't it? 
Worry does that to you. Uh, And I worry about things that maybe I shouldn't, but I I get to worrying about things uh, like the economy and how tight it is for jobs. And there are people who don't have jobs and would love to work but just can't because there's nothing there for them. Uh, Companies aren't hiring and they're all squeamish. They don't want to put out risk in, in, in economics because they don't know what the future holds and they don't know. It's just there's just so much uncertainty. Uh, people that have lost jobs, they, they, they don't know where they're going to pay their bills. Uh, we're getting calls uh, every week, it seems like, uh, wanting to see if we could pay utility bills and pay rent and those things. And if we had unlimited resources, well, man, we would do it in a minute. We'll give them food until we run out, and, and we do that all the time. We'll give away as much food as we can. Uh, sometimes people worry about how am I going to pay for my kids' college, and uh, I'm grateful Mark graduates in May. <laughs> really gra- grateful. Because I've put three through. I'm supporting the government in a great way <laughs> with uh, with payments to them. But grateful for these young men and their ability to get their education. And uh, grateful for God's resources to help us do that. But people worry about that. Worry about their families, their parents that are getting older. And what are you going to do with them? And how, where, where do we put them? And what can we do with them? And, and most of them don't want to go into a nursing facility. <clears throat> they want to stay independent as long as they can. And you want them to stay independent. But you, you know what I'm saying. And so we, we tend to struggle with that. How about kids? We, we pray for them. We, we pray for protection around them. We like to put a bubble around these kids so that people can't get to them and, and, and insulate them from all kinds of struggle and problems. But the reality is we can't do that. Then there's, uh, I mean, you know, there's personal issues that arise in people's lives. I mean, you go to the doctor and the doctor starts to say, you know, you've got this or you've got that or we've got to run more tests and so uh, we won't have the results until next week. And so you did the tests on Wednesday and so you've got to wait till next week. And so there's that all that what if stuff going on. Amen. <laughs> it's just we're just surrounded by circumstances that can cause us to worry. Your mind races and you, you wonder if... Uh, the things I worry about, I worry about our church. I do. I worry about this church all the time. I worry about the people in this church because I care so deeply for you. And I want you to grow. I want you to, I want our church to grow. And I want it to grow in number. I do. I really do. I'd love to have two or three services every weekend because we can't, we can't uh, pack them into one service. I would love to do that. But that's really out of my hands. I can want it. But I've got to go out and invite people. And if you'll join me inviting people, who knows what can happen. It's unlimited with God. He can do more than we, than we could ever hope or ask for. And so we just have to be about that business. And I know it's a tough thing to do. I, I got you. I understand that. I, I wonder if I'm doing a good job. I worry a little bit if I'm doing a good job. Am I really nurturing you? Am I feeding you the way that you need to be fed? I mean, recently I, had, I got an email from a, a young uh, couple and they were really upset and uh, said, we're not being fed. And I thought, oh, you know, it, it weighs on your shoulders. You know what I'm saying? It does. Because I'd really try to bring you something uh, to feed you and feed your soul and feed your heart and challenge you. And uh, we need to be about that business. Uh, I can put food in the trough, but I can't make you drink and can't make you eat it. Amen. <laughs> so, but I'm going to keep putting food in the trough because that's what God wants me to do. And I hope that's what you want to do. <clears throat> I keep I keep worrying if I'm going to mess up, and I'm doing a good job. If if people are you know are, are responding, the the thing that just keeps aching in my heart is uh, I, I don't want anybody to spend eternity in hell 
if I haven't clearly presented the message of salvation. I want to be able to do that in such a way so people can, can be drawn to the Lord and drawn to want to be with the Lord. I mean, it, it, it does sometimes. I wake up early in the morning concerned about certain people that God has laid on my heart. And I used to think, why am I having to get up? But it's because God's calling me to prayer for them. And it makes the day a lot longer when you get up at 3 in the morning and start praying. <laughs> By about 2 in the afternoon, you're, you're, pretty, you're pretty wiped out. But you know what? It's a great wipeout. It's a great to have that prompting. And I started responding to that, and I hope you will too. But worry has been, at times, a significant issue for me in my life. And chances are pretty good that many of you struggle with that as well. And if you've been held hostage to sin... Uh, to the sin of worry, uh, I want to bring you some help from Scripture today. And a lot of people think worry can be a friend. They don't say it that way, but they live almost by holding on to it, making sure that, boy, I at least got to hang on to this part. Because, God, I, I'm not sure you're big enough to really handle this, so I, I need to hang on to this. And those Christians might say that uh, uh, I'm really just concerned. You know, I used to kid about gossip. In, in the church because people would say, hey, we need to pray about so-and-so and this this problem in their life. And, and most times they're just gossiping. That's all they're doing. So we have to be very careful about that. And uh, we have to be very sensitive to people because sometimes we're going to say things not implying anything, not really intending anything. But it, I don't know about you. I struggle with that because it doesn't come out right. <laughs> Any of you? Any of you have a struggle with that one? Man, it just doesn't seem to come out right. And so people receive it in such a way that can create concern and worry in their life. And that's not what I'm about. Some, uh, some are chronic worriers. Uh, when there's nothing wrong going wrong, they worry that nothing's going wrong. <laughs> you know anybody like that? And they, get, and they get worried about it and they can't figure out what's going on. And so they're being held hostage by that. But... Satan uses those tools, worry, fretting, all that. He uses those tools to destroy our faith and to teach us and train us to actually worry. It's hard to not worry, isn't it? But there's hope. Scripture this morning, we read it together, uh, or, or we're going to read it uh, together, Romans 14, 23. It says, everything that does not come from faith is what? What is... What does it say? It's sin. Everything that doesn't come by faith is sin. So we don't need to worry about stuff. We need to focus and have a better focus. And in so many ways, worry is the opposite of faith. In so many ways. If anything, it's not faith in God. It's faith in the evil one. It's really saying, I believe in the worst possible case scenario then I'm going to exercise faith. So let's define what is worry. We could call or say that worry is a sin of distrusting the promises and the power of God. Worry is the sin of distrusting the promises and the power of God. It is the sin of distrusting the promises and power of God, and it doesn't come from God. In fact, 2 Timothy 1.7 says this, we read it earlier. For God has not given us a what? But of, and of, 
and of a... Whoo. So we're not to be fearful. When the news comes, we're not to be fearful. One, somebody suggested that I quit listening to talk radio so much. And you know what? I took a sabbatical from talk radio and I found out my life kind of calmed down a lot. Because it seems like on talk radio, all they're giving you is the doom and gloom. Amen? And I don't care which one of them you listen to. It can be the most liberal, and that's how worthless all the Republicans are. Or you can listen to the, the right, and they're telling you how worthless all the Democrats are and all the liberals are. And I'll tell you what, the biggest issue is we need to surrender to Jesus, and He'll take care of everything. Amen. If everybody surrendered to Christ, He'll take care of everything. But then you got a problem with that because you got your Muslims that want to have, have their stuff going on, and, they, and you got, you see what I'm saying? It used to be just the Mormons. We were, I mean, they were the, they were the biggest things that we fought against, right? And now it's Islam. And Islam's, they're, they're on the march. They're on the march. They are unashamedly on the march. They're having babies. They're, they're outnumbering us is what's going on. You have more babies, they eventually get older, and hey, here we go. <laughs> so why aren't Christians multiplying like that? At one time, there were 100 mosques in America, not maybe five years ago, 10 years ago. And now there are over 2,000 mosques in America. Are you with me? We need to, we need to, what, why in the church growing like that? But it's really not trusting God. God called us with, not with a spirit of fear and anxiousness and tension and worry, but with, with power. And so we shouldn't fear. God can do it. God can overcome. Matthew 6, 25, Jesus says this. Do not what? About what? What you will eat or drink or your body, what you will wear, it's not, is not more important than food in the body, more important than clothes. So Jesus himself says, don't worry about it. But as my friend said, and sometimes it's true, God doesn't worry, so I have to for him. <laughs> I got you. I got you. But really, we need to cast those cares on him. He says, don't worry about your life. It's a Greek word called suke. And it's translated as life. And what that word means is the whole total life. Physical, spiritual, mental. The whole entitled totality of your life. It means yesterday, today, your future life. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about your suke. In other words, don't worry about anything. Don't worry about it. And he goes on to say, your heavenly father loves you. And he's got it covered. We must stop and remember that God has it under control. We say all the time, well, I know He's on the throne and everything's going to be all right. You know, I sing that song, you tap your foot and bow down. You know, I've got a feeling everything's going to be all right. Oh, yeah, man, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then as soon as we get through the song, what do we do? Oh, yeah, but He just doesn't understand, I'll tell you. <laughs> right? Or we'll pray, God, lift that burden and God lifts the burden. Then what do we do? Put it back on and walk off with it. <laughs> that's human nature. We need to leave it with the Lord. If somebody has hurt you, just leave it. Just leave it. Drop it and leave it. Don't, let, don't drag it along. If somebody's said something to you that offended you, just drop it and leave it and walk on. It's hard. It's hard to do, isn't it? But the greater you can do that, it's what G Jeff talked about last week, it's that root of bitterness that stirs in us. And Satan loves that root of bitterness. He plays with that all the time. He takes it out like a ball and just pitches it back and forth. And we fall right in with him. <laughs> you can tell on a person's face, can't you? Yeah, don't let that get you. 
All you got to do is mention a name or a, or a situation. Man, it's like you beat them upside the head with something. Nah, just let it go. The greatest victory you have is when you unhitch the wagon and let it go. That's it. Let it go. Because it ain't going to do you any good to keep it anyway. God's got it covered. He said He did. And He will. Um, but sometimes we stay awake at night playing the what-if games. Any of you do that? Can I see a hand? Any of you do that? What if? What if? What if? Maybe some of you don't. Uh, if you're like me, boy, I, I go to sleep. and But in my mind, I'm playing what ifs. <laughs> you know, looks like I'm asleep. Stomach gets in knots. We get ulcers. We get headaches because we're playing the what ifs. Neck and our back gets tight. Hot blood pressure goes up. We feel stressed. We can't sleep. We're tired all the time. And then we start to take it out on people, and especially the people that we love. I see it all the time. All the time. We battle depression, take medicine so that we can function. We become hostage to the sin of worry. And that's somewhat my, my story until recently. And by the power of God, He has enabled me to really begin to overcome that in my life. I use a phrase a lot now. I said, just take a deep breath. Just take a deep breath. Because when you take a deep breath, what happens? You kind of you back up for a minute. Because to take a deep breath, if you're engaged, you take a deep breath, you've got to step back. And that helps. It helps when it's cooler. I love to go out in the morning and take a deep breath of that cool air in the morning. Amen? Instead of going out and taking a deep breath and you choke to death with the humidity that comes flying in. Boy, I love it. Just I stand out there like that and just, ah, I can't get enough. Can't get enough. And then it starts to warm up into the 80s, and we're hollering about it being 85 degrees. Yeah, kick it on up another 30 degrees with 85% humidity, and then we'll talk to you. Or better yet, go to Louisiana. You want humidity? They got humidity in Louisiana. <laughs> It'll hurt you. But God is helping me, and I hope He's helping you. And there's three key statements that God has laid on my heart to share with you to help you as you battle your struggle in the sin of worry. Number one, how will we stop the stranglehold of worry? We simply say this phrase. There's three phrases I want you to learn. And here's, one. here's the first one. I will do what God asks me to do. Let's repeat that. I will do what God asks me to do. I will do what God asks me to do. See, the problem is there's a lot of people that are Christians, and my opinion only, they over-spiritualize everything. Are you looking for a job? Have you got any resumes out? Well, no, I'm, I'm waiting for God to bring my job to me. <laughs> How's your marriage going? Well, not very good. Well, what are you doing about it? Nothing. I figure she'll straighten up eventually. <laughs> or maybe he'll wake up one of these days. What? Well, you might want to get some help. Talk to somebody. Counselor, pastor, somebody. Talk to somebody. Maybe you're wanting to get married. <laughs> yeah, I want to get married. Well, you talking to anybody of the opposite sex? Well, no. Well, why not? Well, I'm just waiting for God to bring them by my path. Here we go. You know what I'm talking about? Over-spiritualized things. People do it all the time. In James 1 and 22, we see this. Do not merely listen to the Word and so deceive yourselves. What, is, what does He encourage us to do? 
How many times growing up did your mom and dad say, go do this, and then you question why, and what did they say? Because I said so. And what do you usually do at that point? Dig your heels in and refuse to go. You cross your arms and say, I'm not going to do it, right? Well, there's a price to pay if you choose to do that. I contend there's a price to pay called worry if we don't do what God says to do. Because we're going to be focused on the wrong things. That's what happens. But God is asking us to do it, to get up and, and do what He says to do. And there's two general things that God will ask us to do. The first one is God will ask me to think on right things. He's going to ask, ask me to think on right things. He's very clear in Scripture. We're to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. And when our minds start to wander down that what-if trail, we need to seize that thought and we need to bring that runaway thought back and take it captive and bring it into obedience unto Christ. Scripture says to think on things that are pure, lovely, and admirable. We ought to be praiseworthy and think on things that are excellent. So whenever the mind starts to run, maybe you got a project at school that you're working on, and you just think, oh man, I'm not going to get this done. No, don't start there. Just go, okay, all right, here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. I know what I need to do. I need to take one step at a time and get it done. You know, Aaron's wearing Kansas City Chiefs jersey today. Because he's so convinced they're going to be 6-0 and after today than they are 5-0 today. Because it's absolutely unbelievable that Kansas City is 5-0 and right now. Of course, the, the critics will say, well, they haven't played anybody. They've played every game for five games, <laughs> you know. So they're going to go out and play today. Hopefully they'll play well. We don't know. We'll see. Everybody's still surprised. They're just waiting for them to cr crumble and crash. They, I, it's funny how that is. Somebody asked me today, he said, is Jinx really that good or is everybody we're playing that bad? I said, I think it's a combination of both. I was reading a, the article this week in Jinx's journal about First Baptist and their new building. And, you know, they've, they've jumped 200 people just by opening the building. Is that not amazing? It's amazing. So, I mean, what do you do with those extra 200? And how long will they last? Do they have staying power? Or is it just coming to see the new, the new building? And I don't know. I don't know. I'm praying that they keep all of them. We need all of our churches to grow. Every church needs to grow. And we need to grow in number. We need to grow in spirit. We need to grow in commitment and dedication. But God will want us to think on right things. And so whenever that mind starts to wonder, remember the verse where God said, I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. I take that thought captive. I make it obedient. Uh, you know, I'm always going to be depressed and my life is always going to be miserable. Wait a minute. You're already pronouncing the curse before you've got the solution. It's easier to criticize than be a part of the solution. We ought to be people that want to be a part of the solution. Because we serve an almighty God that can do unmeasurably more than we hope or ask. He can, he can fill every seat. My prayer every Sunday is I walk through this room and I, and I touch every seat and I ask God to put a body in each seat. I've been asking that now for, for several years. And I ask Him to fill each seat. And I keep wondering, God, why aren't you filling these seats? And He keeps saying to me, why don't you go invite somebody to come sit in that seat? Yeah. I thought, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. I just want you to do it. Yeah, <laughs> okay. He, I guess he wants my involvement, huh? 
I become His mouth. I become His ears. I become His eyes. I become His hands, His feet. Oh, and I know, I know many of you have been inviting and you've been encouraging people to come. And it's discouraging when they say they will and they don't. I, I know that. But keep trying. Because 85% of people come to Christ at the invitation of a friend. 85%. That's a huge percentage. They'll come to Christ because you loved them enough to invite them. So keep at it. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't throw in the towel. Don't stop. Retrain those minds. Second thing is that we, and we can be very simple here. He says he just simply wants us to be wise. He wants us to be wise. Scripture teaches us over and over again to do what is wise. If you don't have a job, it would be wise to build a resume. You might say, well, I don't know how to build a resume. I've got people in this church who can help you build a resume just like that. We've got resources right here among our church that can help you with that. But we won't know to help you if you don't tell us. But see, most people don't want to build a resume because they really don't want to go to work. Amen? <laughs> Let's be honest. They really don't want to go to work because going to work means responsibility, means commitment, means i got to stick with it. It's just easier for somebody else to do it. Amen? Yeah. Parents see that a lot in children, don't you? Especially when they get to teenage years. They think that you're, they're supposed to have a car. And it's not just any car. It's a car. <laughs> Supposed to have the car, supposed to have, have a credit card to put the gas in the car. They're supposed to also have spending money to hang out with their friends and not hang out with you as the parent. They're supposed to have this, whatever they want, they're supposed to get it. Amen? How many parents would say amen to that? How many parents provided that for your kids? Ah, yeah, not so quick on the amen there. Okay. And it's, it's somewhat tough and jinx because we have wealthy kids that come to this school. And when they turn 16... They drive up in brand new cars. Cars that I'll never drive in. I can't afford them. But mom and dad afford them. I don't know how they do it. But these kids come driving up in these fancy new cars that, you know, I mean, brand new cars. I'm going, I've never had a brand new car. So there's a tinge of jealousy that jumps in there, huh? Well, boy, I'm driving one. I can't even, AC doesn't even work. You know? And thank God it's gotten cooler. I don't have to worry about that AC so much. But there's some wise things that we can do that God may just ask me to do. Thought number one, I will do what God asks me to do. Secondly, here's your second thought, I will give God what I cannot do. Say that with me. I will give God what I cannot do. Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says, Do not be anxious about what? But in? By prayer and petition with thanksgiving. And the, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So you see, God already knows and understands where we are. Amen? He already knows and understands. And so we have to cast those on Him. Don't worry about anything. Don't be anxious about anything. Present those requests to God. Give it to Him, and He will take care of you. He will take care of you. We need to do very little. We need to let God do more. All right? Let me give you a few scenarios. Uh, and I want you to give me yes and no scenarios. Things that you and I could do, things that God can do. Can you heal someone of cancer? Yes or no? Can you protect your kids from all danger? 
Can God give His angels charge over your kids? Can God heal someone from cancer? Can God change your life, uh, your spouse? That's a tough one, isn't it? That's a tough one. God can. Can you change your spouse? So many people marry each other thinking, boy, when I get married, I'll change them. What happens? Hey, the real person continues to show up. Oh, for a brief moment, they, 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 they change. But over time, that real person continues to show up and it really gets frustrating, doesn't it? I mean, you think, what was I thinking? Man, whoa, whoa. And so those relationships usually don't last. And, and for most people, they feel discarded. They feel outcast because nobody really cares about us. You know, I mean, in the church especially, we tend to, you, you've done what? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and I'm not advocating any sin at all. I'm not advocating that at all. But I am advocating that we're the hospital for the sick people. And we ought to be able to come here no matter where you are or where you find. I mean, Jesus traveled with a former prostitute. Can you imagine the the tongues that were wagging in the cities where he went? Well, you know, I mean, everybody knew who she was. (laughs) Everybody knew who she was because she got around. My mother called her a rounder. She got around, you know. So, yeah. (laughs) When she first told me, she said, well, that girl's a rounder. And I thought, well, she's not fat, Mom. What are you talking about? She said, no, she gets around. I went... Oh, it took me a while, but I finally figured it out. A little slow on the uptake, but hey, I'll get it in the long run. We can't always change things, but God can. Do you believe God can change anything? Do you really believe that? See, because that's the essence of the whole message today is, do you really believe that God can change anything? And if you do, He can. And He will. Now let's give you, uh, let's, let's review that. I will do what God asked me to do. I will do what God asked me to do. Say it with me. I will do what God asked me to do. Um, I will give God what I cannot do. And now, no matter what happens, I will trust God. No matter what happens, I will trust God. That's the third thought. No matter if God does what I want Him to do or not, no matter what's going on, I'm going to trust Him. In Matthew 6, 33 and 34, great verses, let's be reminded, but seek what? His kingdom, His righteousness, all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not for tomorrow will worry about itself. Trust in the Lord with lean not on your In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. Now that's out of Proverbs 3. Uh, Jeff, go back to that Matthew 6 one if you would. Therefore, don't worry about when. Because tomorrow worries about itself. But what do we tend to do? Bite off tomorrow. Just live for today. Just take care of today. And and you go to That's why you have sleep at night. You go to sleep to get up to deal with tomorrow. But most of us go to sleep worrying about tomorrow and we don't sleep from today to get to tomorrow. We're already in tomorrow. Because right after midnight, we're in tomorrow. And we're up and we're worried. We're ready to go. <laughs> Let it go. Trust God. He's already in tomorrow. You don't have to worry about it. 
Time is not an issue with God. He's already there. No matter what happens, I will trust God. Because I've struggled with worry, and those of you that do, I understand what you go through. I worry about my family. I worry about my children. Uh, Now I worry about Kelsey, my little granddaughter. Uh, Mark, trying to get him out of college. Uh, I don't know if I should do this, but he uh, announced to me last night that he has an official girlfriend now in his life. And so I thought, oh boy, that's awesome. (laughs) The little five-footer. He had to wait for the little five-footer to meet her before he could declare that. So uh, I guess the little five-footer gave what approval she was going to give. So uh, nevertheless... I'm excited for Mark. That's the, the future is just as bright as it can be for all these young people. And uh, we want it to be bright, don't we? But especially when they're running with the Lord. And when, they're, when they've got God in their life. It is just awesome. But people don't, uh, you know, our attendance has been low uh, the last several weeks. And, I mean, just a month, half ago, we were hitting in the 90s and 100s. And now we're down into the 50s and 40s and 60s and uh, you know, I've racked my brain, I've scratched my head, I've run into the wall, I've tried to do several things to, to knock myself silly, but the bottom line is I need to trust God. It's not about, I can't build this church by myself. I have to rely on God to do it all. And, and whenever we do that, we have to rely on each other, don't we? Now, I have certain parts that I'm supposed to do, you have certain parts that you're supposed to do, and collectively together, we do great things. For Almighty God. And, but it does get discouraging because when people aren't here, guess what else is not here? So our offerings are down a little bit. We're, we're paying all of our bills. Don't, don't panic. Don't go, oh my God. No. We're, we're paying all of our bills. God is so faithful to this church and has over the years and been, been incredible. But oftentimes when a person's not here, then of course that tithe check doesn't come. And, and, and there are a few who mail those in. I mean, and I appreciate that. I do. But it's difficult. It's difficult. I'm, I'm burdened about our young people. Uh, you know, we, we had a, a, a pretty solid group of seniors, and they graduated, and, 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 and we've kind of got a dry area. We've got two or three of our, our high schoolers, and, and it's hard for them, you know, to get cranked up. Well, I can't wait to get to church to go see my other two friends. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I'm praying for them. I'm praying for them to be evangelistic. I'm praying for them that they'll reach out. And uh, we're trying to start a Wednesday night thing to outreach to junior high and high school. Grateful for our seventh graders now that can start coming to that. And so that's going to be awesome. And so we're trying to do that. Uh, we're looking, always looking for workers to help us, to step up and help us. And uh, that's important for us to do. But, I, but I'm concerned about it. And I know some of you are as well. Uh, but the main thing is, is that we need to, my biggest concern is, are people growing in their depth of relationship with Christ? Because that's really the essence of it all. Because if you're growing in your depth in your relationship with Christ, guess what? The rest of it gets taken care of. The rest of it will get, get taken care of. And, and God is quite capable of building our church. Amen? Amen? He is quite capable. He can do it. Uh, I was talking to Pastor Rick down at First Baptist. I said, Rick, if you've got some castaways, we'll send them our way. We'd love to have, we'd love to have a few of your castaways down our, down our way. And uh, preachers are preachers are human, and he goes, you know, there's a few people. I said, no, 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 Rick, not those. <laughs> no, no you, you minister to those folks. But uh, uh, we were just we were just teasing. But I don't know what God's got in store for River Oaks. But I do know one thing: He still wants us here. Because if He didn't want us here, we'd already be gone. Amen. That's right. So let's be faithful.
Let's be focused and let's remember that God can do great things. And as Proverbs 3 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding because it's not about me. But in all your ways, acknowledge Him and He'll make your path straight. The sin of distrusting the promises and the power of God are out there. And we need to refuse to live there. We need to say to God, I will do what God asked me to do. I will give God what I cannot do. And no matter what, I want to trust God. And hopefully, God will remove the anxiety and the worry and the fear from your life. And you'll begin to live a freedom from that that you've never experienced. But I believe God can do it. I want to pray, and at the end of the prayer, I want you to watch a video. Because if you think your life is full of worry, you need to see this. Father, I ask you this morning as we view this video that Nick touches each of our hearts. And Father, we are encouraged by what we see. And then, God, we're going to lead into an invitation time. And there might be somebody here that just needs to be prayed for. I pray that they will give us that opportunity. Father, there are others who are struggling, and they just need a burden lifted, and we ask you to do that. Uh, and, Father, uh, we're, we're going to, we have a prayer blanket that we're going to present in just a few minutes, and we'll do that at the close of our service today. But, God, we just need you to move among us and do a mighty work among us. And more than anything, help us to realize that we can't do certain things. Only you can. Help us remember that you're still in charge, and we need to, we need to simply trust you and so father if somebody has a decision would they make it would they make it after we view this video in jesus name amen i wasn't ready but I'm very thankful that I have my little chicken drumstick here. <laughs> People freak out when they see me for the first time. It's so cool. I was at a water slide um, all by myself. Everyone obviously at the bottom of the slide is looking up and waiting for other people to come down. And here I come and they're freaking out. They're like, you know, like this. And I was so tempted to look at myself and go, what happened? You know. times where I sort of looked at my life and thinking, well, I can't do this and I can't do that. And you keep on concentrating on the things that you wish you had or the things that you wish you didn't have. And you sort of forget what you do have. And there's no point, I believe, in my life where I wish I had arms, legs, I wish I had arms, legs, I wish I had arms, legs, because wishing won't help. But what I've seen in life are just a couple key principles. And the first thing that I've seen is to be thankful. It's hard to be thankful, man. I tell you, when I was eight years old, I, I sort of summed up my life and thought, I'm never going to get married. I'm, you know, I'm not going to have a job. I'm not going to have a life of purpose. What kind of a husband am, am I going to be if I can't even hold my wife's hand? It's a lie to think that you're not good enough. It's a lie to think that you're not worth anything. Oh! 
I can't feel my hands. <laughs> I love life. You know, so many people come and say, how come you smile so much? And I'm like, well, it's, it's, it's a long story. <laughs> but it's very simple at the same time. You see, it's very hard to smile sometimes in life. There are things that happen that you don't know and you don't understand and you don't know if you're going to get through it. You know, you go through your storms in life and you don't know how long the storm is going to be. Today I want to share with you some principles that I've learned in my life that you can use in yours. Being patient is beautiful. I tell you, it's the hardest thing. But I realize I may not have hands to hold my wife's hand. But when the time comes, I'll be able to hold her heart. I don't need hands to hold her heart. You know, it is scary to know how many girls have eating disorders. It is scary to know how many people are just angry at life because of their situation at home and angry at others. It's scary to know how many people actually feel like they're worth nothing. Every single girl right here, right now, I want you to know that you are. You are gorgeous just the way you are. And you boys, you the man. On this DVD, I share my experiences in life of how I've overcome challenges and seen a new, fresh perspective in life. To be thankful, to dream big, and to never give up. I speak to children, youth, and adults about key issues and principles that I've applied in my life that has given me the strength to conquer all that comes before me. Just remember, as Corey Megan come to help us, just remember, whatever you're worrying about, just think of Nick. Uh, I love that. He said, I can't hold my wife's hand, but I can hold her heart. Uh, you and I can't touch God, but He can touch our hearts. Amen? Amen. So if God's tugging on you in some way, some way, let us be His arms and let us love you. It's an invitation we offer it every week, and uh, we want you to respond if you need to as we stand and sing. It's a great song. Draw me close to you Never let me go I lay it all down again To hear you say that I'm your You are my desire No one else will do Cause nothing else could take your place 
to feel the warmth of your embrace help me find the way to bring me back to you you're all I want you're all I've ever needed you're all I want help me know you are near Draw me close to you Never let me go I lay it all down again To hear you say that I'm your friend You are my desire No one else will do Cause nothing else could take your place To feel the warmth of your Help me find the way to bring me back to you. You're all I want. You're all I've ever needed. You're all I want. Help me know you are near. 